0: Now, here's your host, Jennifer Jackson. I love Simply for Women because this is a place where we keep growing and we just fall in love with God's Word more and more each day. I hope you will enjoy this lesson on Philippians. I gave this at Deeper Life at The Church Next Door. This is one of my absolute favorite books in the Bible and one of the main themes is joy. So I gave you four titles, and you can pick what the lesson should be titled tonight. It could be Flip for Joy over Philippians. You can pick that. Heaven's Joy, A a Revelation of Joy from a Prison Cell, or Simply Joy for Our Journey. And I like this joy theme and i even wrote a book on joy that's why i have the book simply joy so philippians joy 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 and we need more of that don't we we can't have enough of that everywhere you turn someone is sad or depressed or suicidal or something and so joy is very very important and paul he really understood that so i think it's quite relevant today it's a relational letter and i like that paul this in this letter paul is your friend Paul is, you're his family, and, and it's very relational. So uh, I love that. It's in, Philippi, Philippi is in Rome. It's a, a colony of Rome. It's a very prosperous place. So it's a wealthy city. I think that's an important little fact. Um, and the archaeologist in the 1990s found a tomb there. And it had so much gold in it. It was the tomb of Philip of Macedonia, his son. You may have heard of his son, Alexander the Great. And that this tomb had tons of gold and silver in it, almost as much as King Tut. Years ago, we went to Egypt and we saw uh, King Tut's uh, display, and that's a lot of gold and silver. So this was a prosperous city. I guess there's a mountain range from the Black Sea to the Adriatic Sea, and in that mountain range, there's lots of gold mining and digging, and it's in this area that Paul planted his first church. And this is a special church because it's his first one, so it's kind of his baby, and he just loves it. And he wasn't there very long until he finds himself in jail. <laughs> so it, and when he went to um, Philippi, there was not a Jewish synagogue to start. So he started in a group of uh, Jewish women in a small group, basically. And Lydia was a piece of that. Lydia was a businesswoman who sold purple cloth. You may have remembered that about her. But this is really the first church plant of Paul. And uh, he writes about this from jail. So <laughs> he's writing about his baby to us in a very, very loving uh, conversational style. Uh, and it's, it's just really important to him. And he's also, he's trying to raise money <laughs> for the church from jail. I love it. <laughs> so he's in jail. He knows he's, he, it's a prosperous city. He's trying to raise money. He wants this little baby church plant start to grow. He doesn't want it to die. He wants it to grow. So he knows he needs to raise some money. And I think about how hard that is because I, I met with our Kenya uh, mission team last night. Each of them have to raise several thousand dollars. And so they're feeling the pressure of raising money <laughs> to go to Kenya. And it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Uh, but uh, Paul is doing that. And so that's, that's a good thing. And I, I think about you know the small group of women where all of this started, and I'm really proud of the girls at our church who have small groups. And I think about that because I think about wow, some small spark could even plant a church. You, you know, you might think your small group is insignificant. It could it could catch on fire, have a revival, and even plant a church. I wonder if they were thinking about that when they had a small group, and then Paul showed up, and it became a church that we read about today. You know, I wonder what's going to happen at the women's retreat this weekend. You know, something we think is small or insignificant could have a major impact. And that's really what happened here. Um, So how would your life change if you only had a matter of days or weeks to live? (laughs) Um, So the, the church... I think about that. I wonder if Paul thought about that. It's a baby church. It's not even been around very long. I want it to live. I'm trying to raise money for it. I'm praying about it. Um, But what about your life, you know? What if your life, how would you focus your life? I think Paul was laser focused when he wrote this book because he wanted this church to live. And I know for me, uh, I can honestly say breast cancer is a gift in my life because it helped me to focus my very i thought my life was very focused to begin with but since then i'm i feel like it's laser focused and i don't really like wasting time anymore i i i like everything to be intentional i know exactly what i want to do and what i feel like god wants me to do and you know, Katie, bar the door, watch out, don't get in my way, I'm going. <laughs> and I'm doing this or that or or whatever it is that God, God has put in my heart. And I think, you know, if you were in prison and, and you were Paul, you know, I think he had this focus that this was really important. Um, and then, you know, interesting is that the book of Luke and Acts were written when Paul was, see, Paul ended up, he was in chains for two years in Rome, and while he was there, Luke wrote for two years the book of Luke and Acts. That was his acquittal. So when you read uh, Luke and Acts, it's actually Paul's defense that Luke wrote in Paul's defense. So that's kind of just a fun thing. Um, but apostle, we always we all f- always call him the apostle Paul, right? Well, it's a Greek word which means I send. So he was always going out. He was always planting. He was always. Um, just going out for God, and acts means activities. So um, very, very interesting little facts there. A major theme is joy, and it's really radiant joy in the middle of storms and stress. (laughs) That seems like an oxymoron, but you can have joy in the middle of a storm and stress, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Joy occurs 18 times in this book. That's a lot. And then the word gospel occurs 10 times and suffering is also, um, that's also another thing. People were not happy that Paul showed up there. (laughs) He's always having to defend himself everywhere he goes. So there was lots of suffering. Uh, These are the key verses that I like in Philippians. Uh, You may find others, uh, it's kind of one of those books you just want to highlight the whole thing. But these are the ones I highlighted, and so I, I guess a homework challenge would be take, take your favorite color highlighter or colored pencil, sit down with Philippians, and see if the ones I picked are your favorite or if you have different favorites. But it's kind of a fun book to highlight and memorize. Um, the key characters are Paul, Lydia, the jailer, Jesus, and Ephroditus. <laughs> um, and I, just, I guess what I love about Lydia, too, is that she's a businesswoman, You know, she she is a a helper to Paul, and we can use our gifts and talents to help, you know, the ministry go forward, and I think that's really fun. So one of the big things is joy for the journey. Uh, Sharing the good news or sharing the gospel brings joy. I wrote an entire chapter about this in the Joy book. But the definition of the gospel, you could say good news. It's just good news, right? The good news that Jesus came, that he died on a cross, that he was buried, that he rose again, and that he lives today that is good news, and that is the simple version of the gospel and when you receive Jesus into your life, invite him into your heart um, and welcome him, you have uh, you have a home in heaven, you have a relationship and um that's that's the good news, but it brings joy. So the definition is a gospel that reveals Jesus to others. So that was the purpose of Paul. That was the purpose of the church in Philippi was to reveal Jesus to that city. Uh, I love this verse in the first chapter, and I I put it in the Passion Translation. Sometimes I like to read the Passion Translation. They were uh, Wycliffe Bible Translators. The, the, the couple that translated the New Testament into the Passion. And so they spent lots of years translating the Bible, and they, they just put a very fresh, modern language on, on the New Testament. It's just kind of fun to read it in the Passion sometimes. But anyway, Philippians 127, whatever happens, keep on living your lives based on the reality of the gospel of Christ, which reveals him to others. Then when I come to see you or hear good reports of you, I'll know that you stand united in one spirit and one passion, celebrating together as conquerors in the faith of the gospel. I mean, that's just such a positive way. It's like a, Paul's like a cheerleader, isn't he? Um. And so he's basically saying we shine when we share the gospel with others. That's when we're at our best. We really sparkle. We really shine. We're going to actually experience joy. And so I, I, I think the challenge there is in the back of your Bible to make a list. And I mean, I actually have them written, lists written all through my Bible, but of people that you know that you want to share the gospel with, actual human beings that you know. Um, And maybe you you want to put that on a piece of paper in a journal, but I like to put it in my Bible because I'm, I'm standing on the Word of God for them, and I'm praying for them, and I love seeing later when they accept Christ and I can put a little date next to their name. And so that's just kind of a fun exercise, and I think we have to be intentional. Paul was intentional. He planted this church. He went and found helpers to help him to reach this city, and we, too, we have to know where we're going with the gospel who we're going to share it with, and and ask the Lord, invite Him into that process. But if we never share, then we're missing the joy. We're really missing out on the joy of sharing Jesus. What if someone never shared Him with you? Who shared Him with you? How did they do that? How how did you experience that? And what if that one have never? What if they would have never shared that with you? So we have to keep that urgency. Um, and then. He says again, shine, you just, you shine for the gospel. Philippians 2.15, uh, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. I mean, he's just saying those that share the gospel, this is, you're the, you're the best. <laughs> this is what it's all about. And I think about that shine because I think about the word countenance. And to me, have you ever met someone and just their, they, they accept Christ and their entire countenance changes? like the look on their face, there, there, there's a lifting up, there's a lightness, a brightness. Um, we, we had a girl who came once to youth group and just literally sat in all black in the corner on the floor, came with her boyfriend and didn't really, you know, pulled her knees up like this, didn't really want to have anything to do with the conversation. And week after week, she kept coming. And I'll just never forget the day that she came in the door and she had on like a pale yellow t-shirt and jeans and had brushed her hair. And I was like, and? (laughs) You know, and you're like, oh, wow.